0: Hello and welcome to Story In with Bean Squatch. I am Bean Squatch. In this podcast, you will be listening to me telling myself a story. If you enjoy this story, please give us a like, share, a comment, review on our Facebook page or our Twitter page. Or our actual SoundCloud page. Tonight's episode is entitled Jane. Jane stared out of her window at the rain that had been coming down for days. She watched as the rain ran rivers down the side of her window. She sat and she stared out and she thought her nine-year-old girl thoughts. She thought about riding her bike. She thought about the fact that it had been raining for what seemed like forever. And she thought about her favorite TV shows. She thought about how nice it would be to actually be able to go outside. And she's sitting there thinking these thoughts the a child is one to think. She noticed a boy riding a bike out in the street. Uh, it was not quite what you would call raining buckets, but it was raining a significant amount. The boy was running lazy circles outside on the road, not staring at her house, but he did seem to be waiting for something. Jane felt that he had been waiting for her. She said, she thought about whether going outside and meeting this boy was worth getting into trouble for, she said. And she wondered whether or not she could go out and ride for a little bit and then make it back home before her parents even noticed that she was gone. And she decided that, yeah, she might as well. A little bit of trouble would be worth being able to go outside for just a little bit today rain or no rain. So she opened her window and climbed out. Went to her went to the garage and grabbed her bike and rode out to meet the boy. The boy started to ride down the road away from Jane, never getting too far ahead, but not really letting her catch up. <clears throat> so she rode after him. They rode through town. There weren't very many people out at that point because it was raining and the rain had been coming for days and it somewhat dampened the spirits of the people in town. They ride down Main Street. They ride past the grocery store. They ride past the little gas station. They ride right pass the town hall and the library, and all the people that see them know that this is Jay Martet, the daughter of the reclusive Martits that live on Cherry Street, the ones that never really get out, and they don't come to any of the town functions. And they see her pass, and they know that she's kind of a strange child, because they've heard from their own children that she is a strange child. Mostly keeps to herself, He doesn't really participate in class, doesn't really speak to anybody. So they see her pass, and then she just sort of rides out of their thoughts as they go about their daily lives. And Jane follows the boy through town and then on the road that leads out of town and she sees him pull off into the gravel lane that leads to the town graveyard. She stops. She says, I am not allowed to go to the graveyard and he doesn't say anything but he beckons She says, I I can't. I won't. I can't. I'll get in trouble. My parents have told me that that is where the bad people go to do the bad things. And I I can't. I'm not going to. I can't get in trouble like that. So, says, it was nice to meet you. I, I have to go home now. And she pedals off back toward her house in the rain. And she looks back once, and the boy isn't there. Later that night, she is mostly forgotten about the boy. Later that night, she was mostly forgotten about the strange boy who didn't say anything that she had ridden her bike with today. She is again sitting in her room, watching the rain running tracks down her window. The rain that seems to mirror the tears that are coming from her eyes. She had gotten home, and her parents had definitely realized that she was not in her room. And they asked her where she had been, said that she just wanted to get outside for a little bit. It was so boring. Just sitting in her just sitting in her room, and they asked, well, where where did you ride? And she said, I rode down Main Street and I went a little bit out of town. And I I, kind of stopped before I I made it all the way out of town. And I turned around in the graveyard driveway. At that point, her mother became very, very angry. We've told you repeatedly you will not go to that graveyard. That is where druggies hang out. That is where the junkies hang out. That is. Do you want to get kidnapped? Do you want to get killed? And that's when her mother had hit her the first time and continued to hit her as she her mother explained all the reasons why she should not would not go back to that graveyard and she said now with her face stinging her arms and her legs and she looked out the window all thoughts of the strange boy had left her mind the only thing that she was thinking about now was that she was hungry and knew she wouldn't get any food and that the only thing that she could really do was to lay down Hopefully, her parents would be in a better mood in the morning. So she laid down, wincing at the bruises that were beginning to show on her arms and legs, knowing that she would not be going to school tomorrow and that her parents would call the school and let them know that she was ill. And she laid down closed her eyes, and drifted off into a fitful sleep. She woke up suddenly, her eyes snapping open, and stared around her room. She knew that she had heard something. She didn't know what or where it had come from, but she definitely... I heard something that caused her to wake up, and she laid in her bed, staring around, knowing it wasn't one of the sounds of the house. It was something different, something alien. She stared around for a few minutes and decided that she must have been imagining something. She slowly closed her eyes, and just as sleep was about to take her, she heard Come. Her eyes shot open. her. Come, Jane. Play. Jane. Come. Jane. Jane was somewhat of an imaginative child, but not one prone to hearing voices. She laid in her bed and she stared around because she knew that the voice was coming from somewhere. She looked and looked and she heard. Jane, come play, Jane, she looked. She noticed on the wall it looked like a light coming from beneath her bed. She wanted to cry out. <clears throat> she wanted to call for her parents. She knew that she had a very small chance of them being in an overly comforting mood if she were to wake them up. So Jane, mustering her courage, looked under her bed. And she saw Aether, the boy with whom she had ridden bikes that afternoon. And she stared at him. She noticed something that she hadn't noticed before. Where his eyes should have been was just blank flesh. Where he had a glow about him anything but natural. <laughs> she sat up in her bed after seeing the boy held herself tight and told herself that there was nothing there there's nothing there there's nothing there there's nothing, there, there nothing there and then she heard Jane she got up as quick as she could ran out of her room made her way to her parents' bedroom where she stopped because you know, she could hear her parents talking it was not the voices did not sound happy they didn't sound like if she went in there, that they were going to be pleased to see her. Her father said, I just, I can't, we cannot do this again. I do not want to do, I don't want to do it again. But her mother, her most <clears throat> and her mother, in her most reasonable, singing voice, said, Well, we have to we ever want to get out of this shithole podunk town. We have to. You knew whenever we adopted this little bitch that this was the plan. You knew how this was going to go. And you know what? I've noticed that you seem to get a little soft whenever it comes to her. My father says, You know, I didn't get soft. You know, maybe I've become more human, but no, I'm not soft. I just don't. to do what you want to do. It's terrifying that you are so willing to hurt somebody like that. Jane, having heard enough and being a little drained after the day's events, turns back to her bedroom, walks slowly in, and she notices that the light's gone from beneath her bed. She looks under it anyway just to uh, be sure, then she climbs into her bed, and lets exhaustion take hold. She goes to sleep. In her dream, she meets the boy again. Although now he has eyes where they should be, he says, Jane, I am so sorry that I frightened you. I am I am so sorry about what you're having to go through, but you have to listen to me. You are in danger. Your parents are going to hurt you. You have to get up. You have to leave. You have to leave. Now, her eyes shoot open again. And she can see that it's just becoming light outside. She sits up in bed. She looks around. She can hear her, her parents Moving around outside of her door, and she can hear them arguing still, her father's name, there has to be some other way that we can do this. There has to be, we can't, this, this can't be the only way for us to get out of this fucking town, Her mother's name, well. If you don't want to do it, I will. And I will make sure that anything that happens gets placed solely at your feet. And everything that's happened before will be squarely on your shoulders. And her father. Says, let's just get it over with. I just want to get the fuck out of here now. I just want to leave. <clears throat> Jane can hear her, her doorknob start to turn. And she says to herself, She sits up, grabs her flashlight off of the nightstand, runs to her window, opens it, climbs out as quickly as she can, and jumps on her bike. <laughs> and they are already on the road is the boy. <laughs> And she follows him yet again. But again, they head out of town, they head through town, out on the Main Street, past all the shops that are closed for the evening. Past the gas station, past the town hall. And they make it once again to the gravel lane that leads to the graveyard. Only this time she follows the boy. The strange boy with no eyes. She follows him in. And he heads very directly to one row. He swings his bike in, and he takes her down the row to one gravestone in particular. He stops. And he points. He says, "Look." Shane look. She looks down. She lights her flashlight. It was started getting light, but not bright enough to see by. which she reads the name, when she reads the name again. comprehension begins to dawn. The name on the gravestone is James Martet. She looks, and she sees some resemblance to a face that she has seen in the mirror nearly every day that she can remember she asks the boy, are, are you my brother? Are we, are we related? And the boy nods once slowly. And She looks at him. She says, What happened? What's going on? And he turns and she realizes she hadn't seen one side of his head. As he turns She can see that most of his hair is gone, scalp is gone, and it looks like it has been caved in. She sees that and she asks the boy, what happened? The boy says one word Mother. Jane stops, stares. She can feel the tears welling up in her eyes. And she just can't believe it. There's no you know she can't. This, this is obviously still part of her dream. She screamed at the boy, I don't believe you. I don't know who you are, what kind of joke you think you are playing right now, but I don't, I do not believe you. She gets on her bike and she rides as fast and hard as she can back to her house. she pinches herself and she's not dreaming she runs inside and she sees her mom sitting on the couch and her dad sitting in his chair Jane says mom, dad I'm sorry I snuck off again but and her mother just looks at her and smiles. It's, it's okay. Why don't we get you back to your bed and tuck you in? And you can get some more sleep. You, know, you don't have to go to school today. And Jane immediately knows that something is amiss. But she just doesn't know what to do so she lets herself be led into her bedroom where she gets into bed and her dad leans down to give her a hug and she looks at her mom her mom is holding a rag down, clenching and unclenching by her side. And she noticed that her mother's smile has turned into something else, a grimace of hate, an unbridled rage as she stares at her daughter. And she notices that her father isn't letting go. She starts to struggle. She says, "Please, Dad, you're you're hurting me. I I wanna I I wanna set up now." And dad just, shh, it's okay, it's okay. It's, it's okay, it'll be over here. It'll be, it'll be over, don't worry. And her, mama, and her mother starts to walk towards her with a rag in her hand. She's leaning over, says, we're finally getting out of here. Gonna have to worry about you anymore. Oh god. Freedom It's just a sniff away. She to raise the rag to James' face. Jane pushes her head back against the pillow and she struggles harder and harder. And then she hears a voice. Stop! And she feels her father loosen his grip slightly. And her mother pauses. Let her go. Her mother is looking around, her grimace becoming a look of surprise and fear. Her mother scans the room, wondering. Made that sound. She said, What the fuck is going on? She looks at her husband and she says, Is that you? Are you trying to puss out? Or are you trying to scare me into not doing this? And Jane's father says, That wasn't fucking me. What the fuck? What? What is going on here? Let her go. (sniffs) And Jenny sees the glow coming from underneath her bed. She feels her dad slacken his grip on her. Even more, as he notices the light, he leans down, looking under her bed, wondering why there's a flashlight under there? What the hell is... And those are the last words her father ever speaks. The softest sound, like a pin on paper, and her father stands up, a look of bewilderment on his face, and blood begins to run from the wound in his neck. He stares at Jane, tears streaming. And then he falls to the floor, gasping as well as he can for breath. Jane's mother stops and looks around, completely thrown off by Seeing her husband with a hole in his neck, and she drops the rag and spins around and begins to make a dash for the room, <clears throat> spins around. And makes a dash for the bedroom door. Or one of Jane's dolls somehow mystically flies and catches her feet and she falls to the ground. Jane's mother turns and looks and sees crawling towards her the shade of her dead son, James. Crawling, slithering from underneath Jane's bed where his mouth should be is just a row upon a pine row of needle sharp things, whereas fingers should be for talons and razor sharp tips. And James Martyr sets to work on the woman that killed him. Jane closes her eyes and covers her ears against the horrific sounds and sights that she has just seen. She cries and screams. and Eventually, she opens her eyes again, looks down and sees her father Looks over and sees her mother when she faints dead away. She awakes to the sound of beating on the front door. In her shock, she simply gets up. Steps over the lifeless corpse of what used to be her mother and answers the door. Walks through the house to the front door and opens it. And there stands the sheriff saying, Hey, are your parents' home? And Jane just points down the hall. The sheriff looks down there and sees the two people laying in the bedroom, surrounded by pools of blood. And he runs in. Calling on his radio. I just got to the Mardent house. It's a bloodbath. I don't know who called that in, but they were absolutely right. This is. I don't. Oh, God. Jane. Walks out to the garage and gets on her bike and begins riding down the road before the other police show up. And she sees Jane. She sees James as she's about head past the graveyard and he nods at her when she just keeps riding and she rides like she will never stop <clears throat> well That was episode three, entitled Jane. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Yeah, if you did, leave us a like, share, comment, or review on... Uh, Facebook page, our Twitter page, or our SoundCloud page itself. I appreciate you listening and don't forget to check under your bed.